For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. It might be interesting and important for you to know, to know, to know, to know. The Paul Kurtman Show. People that have some common sense and they're willing to say some things out loud that everybody else is just thinking. When the left has the government, it's chaos and it's dangerous. Paul Kurtman. It's not really about the climate. It's about control. This is the Paul Kurtman Show on News Talk STL. And good afternoon, St. Louis. This is Paul Kurtman here on the Paul Kurtman Show in the studio today with Ken Williams. And there's a number of things we're going to be talking about today. Hey, Ken, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. This will be a good show. Because three things happening right now, and we're going to make each segment of the Paul Kurtman Show today focus on one of these three topics. The first one is we're going to talk a little bit about the market and the federal government. The federal government doesn't have a clue really how to manage money, clearly, right? right? I mean, they just raised the debt ceiling. Um, but also, President Biden just has a, a misunderstanding of the proper role of government. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Yeah, you but, know what the government reminds me of when they have when, when it comes to money? It's like you giving your children money, and then they spend it, and then they say, well, where's the other money? Well, here, you want some more? Okay, then they they would keep doing that all day. If, when if I was you, a kid, I used to think. It. When I was a kid, I used to think if you needed to buy something, all you needed to do was just write a check, <laughs> right? I didn't, right, I didn't right. understand that that was signified that there was money in a bank account somewhere that could run out. I just thought, oh, I'd just rip out one of these pieces of but paper. But that's our government. It's our government. And uh, in the second segment today, we're going to talk a little bit about the go woke, go broke. Uh, the military has been pushing back on some of this, on some of the wokeness. But some other people in the military are trying to embrace it, and they're actually pushing back against states that are passing anti-woke legislation. We'll talk about that. And then in the third segment, this is going to be fun and fascinating a little bit. Tucker Carlson made a statement that would lead you to believe that some of these conspiracies out there about people that have been ruined or killed because they stood up against the government, you know, conspiracy theories. I don't think I think there's probably a lot of that stuff out there is just people kind of creating dots and then trying to connect them. But I think in a lot of cases you can make a reasonable reasonable argument that you just have to connect some very clear dots that are already there to realize that the federal government is not our friend and will ruin you if uh, if you get uh, too much in the way or you're too loud about things. I, I can't wait to talk about that because it's weaponization of the, the mm-hmm. DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, and that's the Biden administration, what they're doing right now. Yeah. Well, I've got a list going back decades of examples of this happening, and some people would say, oh, you just got your tinfoil hat on. But, I mean, I'm not so sure. In light of recent events, that is all information that is now all too public. Oh, I have examples, too. We'll go over all. That'll be a good segment. Yeah. So everybody stick around for the third segment because we're going we're gonna to talk about a few of these. And, uh, um, you know, for anybody to say that the federal government or any government really, really is just out there just doing their best. They're just doing an honest day's work. Doing just trying God's to, work. And- trying to be there for the people. Right. And Yeah. Highly unlikely. Hey, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah. Let's play. Um, let's go ahead and play this first clip. This is President Joe Biden, and he's talking about what it is, the mission of his administration. Let's go ahead and play this. I think it's clip seven. I signed an executive order to make environmental justice the responsibility of every single federal department in the United States government. For real. That's what we need. That's exactly what we need. I mean, Department of <laughs> Justice. 
the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosives. Have they added anything else to that particular bureaucracy? No, nah, who knows? Probably. Probably. One of these days it'll be the, it used to be the Bureau of Alcohol, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. Now it's Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. Folks, if if the B-A-T-F-E, right? This is almost as confusing as the whole LGBTQ, JL, whatever, plus movement, right? It constantly grows. And everything that we're disgusted with about this LGBTQ plus movement because we were talking about this last week, the flag, so many new colors. Now they're including shapes and symbols onto the flag, and it just constantly grows. And you, you can't say anything without offending somebody or everybody. And I feel like that's the exact same way about our federal government, especially where the BATFE is concerned, because you know there's other acronyms coming on the end of that. You know, I just realized both entities, the left, the Democrat Socialist Party, and the government love acronyms. They do. It's a perfect marriage. You know, it really is. It's a perfect marriage. The, you know what? The left and the government. You want you, Let's make this marriage analogy. This is, this is the married couple on your street that everybody wishes would just move away. Right. Because they're loud. They're obnoxious. I'm not they're trying to invasive. step on anybody's toes here. But there is not a holiday that goes by where they don't have 50 blow-up decorations in their yard for Halloween, Easter, 4th of July, Christmas. And whatever else, and you just wish, man, I wish these people would leave. However, if they if they see you doing them, or if they see you shooting off one firework and on Fourth of July, they'll come and, and call oh, that's the police right. on you. That's right. It has to be on their schedule. Right. Everybody needs to put their trash out at the same time. Right, Everybody right. needs to use the same internet provider. Right. Hey, we're all pitching in to patch up the potholes in front of my house. So you need to throw in some money to patch up the potholes in front of my house too. It's that obnoxious married couple that just everybody wishes would just move away so everybody else could just live in peace and be left alone. President of the HOA, you can only paint your house a certain color. Oh, that would be, that would be that couple. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. They're, they're the people at the HOA meeting. They always have their hand in the air to make another motion. And you're like, please stop. Yeah, Please stop. So-and-so here, their grass was about two inches too long Walk, this week. Walking around the neighborhood with a little mm-hmm. ruler, just yeah. sticking it right down in your yeah. lawn. That's that couple. The, that's the Democrat-Socialist combo of them and the uh, government. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know we're kind of making a little bit light of this, too. But, I mean, listen, if I think most people can probably relate to this a little bit. If you've ever had a neighbor that has just been a little bit too much in your business at all, to any degree. Yeah. But the left. So this, and this is what Biden's doing when he's saying, I am making it the responsibility of every department in my administration to fight climate change. Really? That might explain why inflation is as high as it is. Did you know that recently Janet Yellen has, uh, so here's something that Janet Yellen said. She said this not too long ago, just a couple months ago. She goes, as climate change intensifies, natural disasters and warming temperatures can lead to declines in asset values that could cascade through the financial system. A delayed and disorderly transition to a net zero economy can lead to shocks. Uh, to a net zero economy that can lead to shocks to the financial system as well. So here she's saying, she's saying the same thing that Joe Biden said last November. We have to save the planet. Otherwise, we're going to lose value in our 401k accounts. Oh my. And, 
And the thing is, is this isn't true, really, because what she's completely disavowing here is the power and the force of the markets. People will change their mind when they actually see a reason to have to change their mind. They're just trying to force it. So recently, um, Janet Yellen, uh, Janet Yellen had said this. Janet Yellen is also now warning us. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Ken. Maybe you guys have. Maybe you talked about it with Vic or somebody else, but. Janet Yellen is now warning us that the whole world might unpeg ourselves um, from the U.S. dollar as our global reserve currency. Oh, yeah. Well, you and I have talked about this about two or three weeks ago. She's been talking about it just in the last couple of days. She says it's on the horizon. No, I'm it's saying gonna happen. they have been. China has been working with other countries to mm-hmm. say, look, you know, our it's is it the when? The one, the one in China, they want that to become the new uh, reserve, the international reserve currency. And they're pushing it. They're pushing it really hard. Now, if you're saying that this person here, uh, who did you say? is Janet, Janet Yellen. Yellen. Uh, the, okay. the treasury, the secretary of the treasury. Okay. If she's talking about it. That's really serious because they've been talking about it for the last few months. Yeah. I know that uh, back in 2008, the Great Recession China and Russia actually had a conversation together about creating a uh, a new currency shared between the two of them that would have been backed by gold. Right now, all the currency in the world is a fiat currency. Fiat currency means it's not backed by anything except the governing issuer, like the U.S. government, the right. governing issuer's promise that it's worth something. Well, if all of a sudden you actually have a... Um, a nation-state currency that is actually backed with an underlying commodity such as gold or silver, something that's been used as money literally for millennia, uh, that would totally destabilize the fiat system that we have globally. And China and Russia have been talking about that since 2008. India recently said that they were not going to trade on anything except the, I think it's the ruble or the ruple, whatever the Indian dollar is. We have uh, countries in Africa that are saying the same thing because China has been making inroads. So it's gotten to the point now where Janet Yellen herself, the Secretary of the Treasury, she says, makes this announcement, everybody just needs to expect that it's going to happen. So here's what, here's what bothers me. We have an, uh, an appointee by Joe Biden who's appointed to be the treasurer for the U.S. This is one of the highest, most important positions in the whole country. And she's not fighting to make sure that the U.S. maintains yeah. its position as a world economic superpower with a strong dollar that's more powerful than anybody else's dollar. She's already telegraphing to all of us, get ready, it's going to happen. Like she's just waiting for it to happen and she's just going to let it happen. Meanwhile, the fight she wants to fight is on climate change. Yeah. And that's the fight that we don't need. But the fight that we do need is a person representing the United States. The problem is the Biden administration and their appointees are all people who just want a globalist system. And that fits right in with what's going on right now. And even with China, China, you know, the the one that seems to be that that would be a Chinese uh, uh, recommendation, not a global thing. But they're still considering that to be a global thing to pull away from the, the American dollar as being the base. You know, I've heard a, a lot of people, got people I went to high school with, like I'll see them post on Facebook, and, you know, 25 years have gone by since I was in high school. But uh, I look at the people that were my friends in high school, and the way they used to talk 
in the late 90s, 1999 was the year I graduated. And there were kids back then who considered themselves Republicans or conservatives. Now they're almost all like flaming leftists. Almost well, all of them. That's changing, though. That is, that is it's shifting now. The people my age, right. though, like they've gone from being Republican, conservatives, to being, being pretty much ardent progressives. Not all of them, just the group that I'm, I'm referring right, to. Right, right. There, uh, there is a lot of chatter between some of my Facebook friends from high school um, they hate Donald Trump. They hate MAGA. They equate that just like the left. Like they totally bought the lie. This is Nazism. This is fascism. This is nationalism, right? And they, and suddenly nationalism is a bad word that is supposed to be associated with fascism or Nazism. Whereas nationalism historically has just been believing that you live in a great country. Okay, I'm just using layman's terms here. We live in a great country. We have a responsibility to be the best country we can be. We should look out for ourselves. Everybody else in the world feels that way. But in America, the left is trying to say that if you feel that if you're an American and you feel good about America, well, then you should really feel guilty because you're an oppressor. But the problem here with that is we have done so much good and the left refuses to acknowledge it. They refuse to acknowledge our role and responsibility to advance the cause of freedom. And I don't mean advance by do it at the barrel of a gun. I mean be a light and shining example so people can see the peace and prosperity that freedom brings. But what the left is trying to do is the left is trying to rob us of all of that. And they're using things like climate change to do it. And so for Joe Biden to say it's the, it is the, the, uh, the mandate for every one of my departments and agencies to fight for the fight for the planet, fight to save the planet. It's all about climate change. This is the vehicle that they are going to use to usher in the absolute downfall of this country. And I'm not. I, there was a time where I would have said they don't realize what they're doing. They absolutely realize oh, what yeah. they're doing. One hundred percent. When you have people like Barack Obama that goes on an apology tour, and when you have people that say "Make America Great," that's racist. That is racist. Make America Great Again. I mean. Even Ronald Reagan's slogan was "Make America Great." Did you know that Ronald yeah, Reagan's? Yeah. Donald Trump's is "Make America Great Bill Again." Bill Clinton was would say that often. "Make America Great Again." We need to make America great again. And why wouldn't we want to? Like who? Who other than the left? The crazy, demonically influenced thoughts of authoritarianism. Who who else out there would say, no, we don't want to live in a great country. We don't want to live in a peaceful and prosperous country that is able to do so much for the other people in the world. Did you know that America is by far, we have the most benevolent citizens than any other country in the world. We give more to uh, uh, poverty-stricken people around the globe than the people of any other country. And, and, the, and the left thinks somehow that making America great is the best thing or is the worst thing that we can do. It's that whole globalist mentality. I don't know where it comes from. It's this romanticized version of, of socialism. And what I would suggest, you know, if hopefully Donald Trump can get into office this time around. And I, and I, and I say this not as a sycophant, I'm saying it based strictly on his policies and what he has been through with this type of government what he's he knows what he's going to need to do to straighten this stuff out because it's in a mess right now and there are things that we say right now that 10 years ago you would say well that's conspiracy theory stuff you're you're kind of tin foiling it tin hat foiling it it's just crazy talk today this is a warning listen to Dan Bongino he's not messing around when he says you need to get a food supply 
that is an alternative to what you do on a weekly basis because it may not be there for a while. You need to get like prepping type food that lasts 25 years. I'm actually doing that right now. And it's because I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that at some point I may need this for my family. And you know what? If I don't, the worst thing is I lost some money and I have extra food for for 25 years, you know? I'll tell you what, as they say, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And Joe Biden and Barack Obama are the biggest salespeople in, in uh, weaponry and and, uh, and and ammunition in the history of the United States. Can you imagine how nerve-wracking and exciting it must be to be a gun manufacturer knowing that a Democrat's getting elected? They're either going to put you out of business or they're going to make you wildly successful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's only going to be one or the other. If a Democrat's in office and you're a gun manufacturer, you're either going out of business because the left wants to ban guns or they're going to talk about banning guns, which is going to drive people to your business and you're going to make millions. What makes me nervous is when the government starts talking about buying up all the ammunition and stuff. So what I do weekly is I'll go out to Southern Armory and I'll purchase some some ammo just, just to mm-hmm. have it, you know, and I store it just to have it. And it's just like a food purchase that I I can store for 25 years, you know. I know we're kind of taking a little different path yeah, here and that's fine. This is this will be good because it's f- interesting because as a as an investment advisor, sometimes and I work for a lot of people. I like working for people that have a similar worldview to myself, right? I'm a Christian, I'm very conservative. I believe in freedom and free markets, you know. And uh there was a time where I had clients that were straight up communist. They had money in the market. I always thought that was funny. But then they would fire me. Right. Because because I'm not a communist. I'm a conservative. But uh, people will ask a lot of times, should I buy gold and silver? And I'm thinking if you're going to buy precious metals because you think we're on the verge of an apocalypse, keep your money invested because it's not going to be worth anything if we actually have an apocalypse. But bullets are something that you're going to be are going to become highly, highly valuable. I agree. Especially when the government's trying to ban them or tax them out of existence. All right. Hey, we're going to come back here in just a couple minutes on The Paul Cartman Show. And we're going to talk a little bit about Go Woke, Go Broke, and the Space Force wading into the LGBTQ debate. We'll be right back here. 1019-941 News Talk STL. Follow Paul on social media at Paul Kurtman. You're listening to The Paul Kurtman Show on News Talk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. This is The Paul Kurtman Show on News Talk STL. And welcome back. Now, coming up in the third segment of today's show, me and Ken are going to talk a little bit about some of these conspiracy theories that have been popular throughout the years uh, that seem like they might actually be rooted in a little bit more truth than maybe people have thought about before, mainly because people have always said, no, 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 our government wouldn't go after anybody. Our government wouldn't kill an American. That would never happen. We'll talk a little bit about that in the third segment. Right now, Let's let's do kind of what we've been doing a lot of over the last several weeks, talking about this woke culture. You know, Donald Trump, he was the first one, I think, that said it or at least made it popular as it is. Go woke, 
go broke. He said it more like, everything woke turns to ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we said it. That's how we put it. That's how we put it. I uh, My language is not quite as salty as uh, President Trump's. But Target, Target famously recently, they've been putting out, they had their whole pride collection, including tuck-friendly swimwear. And so I don't want to get too descriptive about this, but I know that there are some people out there who wonder what this means. Basically, it means if you're a man, here's a bathing suit designed for women, but because you're built differently than women, we've made this bathing suit in a way that helps you appear to be more womanly. I'll just kind of leave it at that. It hides things. As if, as if there are people walking around actually looking for a department store that actually sells this stuff. I mean, I know that there are probably some, right? But not so much that you would fill a rack at a local Target. There just isn't that many people. I mean, the the amount of transgendered people in the country, it's, I don't know what the percent. It is so, so, so small. Target, I mean, you will go to a store the size of Target and they'll have a book section but not sell a Bible, right? Yeah. The most widely read, most widely printed and sold book in the world and in the history of the world, by far, far more Christians or Catholics or Protestants, whatever, are out there per capita than transgender people. But you will find a store that won't sell a Bible because they don't want to wade into that. They want to avoid being seen as religious or catering to religion. So when you see somebody like Target or Kohl's, I did not realize that even Kohl's had waded into this, and they've lost a lot of market share too. Almost, almost, it correlates to Target. They've really got to be careful, Paul. Do you remember when Target was known? This is this is a while back. They were known as a Christian-owned uh, company. Target. Target was a I long had, time ago. I had no idea. Then they waded into the waters of. I don't know. Progressivism. I guess you could say social yeah, issues. A little a little bit, yeah. But they had the bath the unibathrooms. Do, oh, do you remember when they did that? They yeah, they they made trans no 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 they made gender neutral bathrooms so as not to afford uh uh conf, not confuse. That might be confusing, but but so as not to offend transgendered people. Right. And everybody said, No, you you stop doing that right now or we're not we we didn't go there. People were stopping from shopping there because of that. Because what happens if your little five-year-old daughter has to use the bathroom? Ain't going to happen. You're not going to send her in there. My daughters were that age at the at the time this happened, and I said, I'm not shopping there. I, and I called them. I told them, mm-hmm. I'm not shopping there because of this. Do you understand that? And there's a lot of money, and there's a lot of other people who felt the same way. So they immediately stopped that. But now they're starting this, and I just don't understand why they would do something like this. What, especially because they had already, this isn't their first rodeo. When we just what you were talking about, calling them and telling them, hey, because you guys are going to gender neutral bathrooms so you don't offend transgender people, we're not shopping there anymore. We saw the same thing happen in Target. We saw their shares plummet back then, too, as people yeah. began to sell off. They were like, okay. And so what did Target do? They reversed course. They did, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, and, and they're reversing course on this issue, too, with the clothing. But what they have to understand, what people need to understand is when a conservative says, I'm not going to target to purchase this, this stuff, it's, because, it's not because of drag queens. It has nothing to do with drag queens. It has nothing to do with the gay population. What it has to do with is the pedophile 
and the 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 the, the predator that they hired to design the, these clothing, this clothing for one, for one, then it also has to do with the grooming that goes on with the drag queens of the children that are involved in them, them selling these rainbow styles to these children. And that's really it. And because we were talking about a minute ago, there's, there is not enough transgender people in America to real. And, and I know people will say, well, what do you know? You're not in the boardroom. You're not seeing the numbers. I do. I do see numbers. Yeah. I, I do see numbers and I understand demographics and I understand markets. That is my world. That's the world that I live in. And I, I'm really interested to see Target put out the numbers to say, here's how we've come to the justification that we need to fill whole aisles or whole sections within our garment departments for transgender-abled clothing like tuck swimwear. See, what, what's happening here, the reason people are up in arms is because this is what it looks like when something is really being pushed or shoved down your throat, right? Yeah, right. And now the, the transgender community will say nothing's being pushed down your throat you don't like it don't buy it it's not about not buying it we wouldn't buy it anyway right we don't like the fact that what was reserved for little boys or little girls clothing is now clothing that celebrates a complete absolvement and dissolution of the idea of any gender distinction at all and we know that they're going after the youth we know it they'll say that they're not but in Florida, whenever they passed the law that said no more kids going to drag shows where, where you have people literally walking around doing strip teases and simulated sex acts on a stage in front of children. So they said, you know what? We don't let kids walk into rated R movies, right? Right. So we're not going to let a kid or go into a uh, whatever, whatever rated 17, NC-17 yeah, movie. NC-17, yeah. Even with a parent, you can't go in there. Right. So now they're saying you can't go to these drag shows. What happened? As soon as they, as soon as they made it illegal for kids to go, you know what happened? They started canceling the drag shows. And it makes you wonder, why are you canceling the drag? If it wasn't for kids... The only reason you've decided to cancel it is because they passed the bill saying kids can't go. That's So they've lost their incentive to do these drag shows in a state where kids aren't allowed to go. Why? Because the whole point is to get in front of the kids. And we've always had these drag shows for adults and no one messed with anybody. They said, okay, if you want to go see a drag show, go ahead into this building and you can go see one at night and it's for adults only. It's when they started to confront children that I personally, and I know a lot of people that said, oh, no, even, even the gay population is like, hey, we're not affiliated with that. There are, there are gays against groomers. It's an organization. And they said, no, we want to be left alone, but we don't want to be associated with this group. I've seen the videos. Okay. So when someone says you're lying, I've seen the videos of the drag queens, naked genitalia being flung in the face of a child. I've Mm -hmm. seen it. So when, don't tell me it's not there. It is happening. I I love the idea of freedom. And, and this is kind of a, I'm going to go on this little philosophical side path just for a minute. There is a difference between freedom and liberty. Freedom, you are, you are, you're free. The definition of freedom is the absence of coercion. Okay. So you can be free to do the right thing, or you can also have freedom and do something that's wrong, do the wrong thing. Liberty is different. You cannot justify doing something wrong with liberty because we have natural rights, rights that our creator has given us, and you will never have a right to do the wrong thing. You might have the freedom to do the wrong thing, 
but you will never have a right to do the wrong thing. I don't have a right to walk over there and just slap you upside the head, Ken. Like, I don't have that well, right. That's a good, that, that's a good thing. That, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the wrong thing to do because that's wrong. Why? Because I'm doing something that affects you in a negative way. I, I, have, I would be physically assaulting you. So I don't have the right to do that. And fortunately, because of our laws, we've also written laws that say I don't have the freedom to do that either. So in America, I love the fact that people have freedom, even if I believe is some, something that they're doing is wrong. And I'm just going to tell you, my position is I don't think transgenderism, whether somebody has the freedom to do it or not, I don't think it's the right thing. But I love the idea that we have uh, a history in our country of wanting to create freedom, even when somebody does something that other people think is wrong. Martin Luther King said it best, no men are free unless all men are free. Yeah. And so I should also have the freedom to say, I don't agree with that lifestyle. Right. And, but where they start going the wrong way for sure is when they start saying that, no, 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 we have the right to do this. You don't have the right. As a transgender person, you don't have the right to tell me, my kids, or take over a whole educational establishment at an elementary school and start pushing this stuff on children. You don't have that right. And we should have laws that restrict pre- people's freedom to do it where they have freedom to do it right now. And in the message of being woke, and which is what this segment's about, when you're, when you're telling me that I need to perform a certain way to be accepted into what you're doing, that's not freedom. That's, that, is, that is infringing oh. on my liberties and my freedoms. But when you're saying to me, you must address me as a certain pronoun. That's completely wrong. It's compelled speech. It's com- you're you're it, you're telling me that I have to. I am to do that or else. And compel com- when freedom is the absence of coercion, or in other words, let me put it another way: freedom is the absence of compelling somebody to do something. Right. Right. So if if I'm being told you have to use the right pronouns, I'm going to tell you the pronouns that you have to use. That's compelled speech. And that is actually the exact opposite of what it means to be free. If somebody wants people to use a certain name, okay, uh, Ben Shapiro says he calls Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, not Bruce Jenner, even though he doesn't agree with cha- uh, this, that he's transgendered, they will, he, uh, Ben Shapiro will say, I will call you Caitlyn because you've legally changed your name. Yeah. But I'm not going to refer to you as a woman because no. I don't believe that you are a woman. You're a man who wants to believe you're a woman, but you're not actually a woman. And so you can't compel me to believe something that completely violates everything that I know to be true. I'm not required to play in your sandbox. And that's, and that's sort of really what it comes down to. You can look at me and call me whatever you want, and then you can deal with the consequences thereof. Mm-hmm. But you cannot require me to play your game. That's right. That's right. And But this is, this is where we're going. So now... Uh, let me move on to this next story because it's right in line with this. What does our time look like here? You have a minute. About a minute. Okay, now I'll do this really, really quick. So there's a Space Force. <laughs> I still kind of crack up a little bit at the Space Force. It's needed. I know. Space Force General gives blistering speech at a Pentagon Pride event, slamming more than 400 anti-LGBTQ state-level bills she claims are forcing her to hire less qualified candidates. It's a big, fat Lie, because you can be gay and be in the military, but what you can't do, what these state laws are doing is saying you can't take children and indoctrinate them 
through your educational establishment or institution at a right. school district and tell them that they have to use pronouns or tell them, here's what transgenderism, and I know you guys think you're boys now, but that might change later. Schools can't do that. And so for and the they space, shouldn't do that. And the Space Force is wading into this now saying, because, because children can't be indoctrinated, we're going to be less mission ready. Oh. It's a big, fat lie. Folks, don't buy it. Hey, we're going to be back in just a couple minutes. This is the third segment. We're going to talk a little bit about some of these conspiracy theories. Could they be true? I'm not a conspiracy theory nut or anything. I'm not a buff here on all this stuff. But Tucker Carlson makes a a pretty good point when he uh, makes a comment about Donald Trump and why they're going after him. We'll talk about that here at the Paul Kirtman Show here in just a minute. 1019-941, News Talk STL. Follow Paul on social media at Paul Kurtman. You're listening to The Paul Kurtman Show on News Talk STL. When I beg forgiveness, then you. When I beg for mercy, then you. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. This is the Paul Kurtman Show on News Talk STL. And welcome back here to News Talk STL. This is Paul Kurtman. Ken, I remember watching Donald Trump's inaugural speech when he swore in. And he went after Democrats and he went after Republicans. And I remember sitting in my parents' kitchen. They had a TV kind of in in an adjacent room. And I sat at the table, kind of looked crossed the adjacent room and watched Donald Trump give this speech. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, someone's actually going to do it. Hmm. Someone's actually going for both parties from the Oval Office. This is going to be incredible. But it didn't take long, right, until both parties came after Donald Trump. The Democrats certainly did. But the Republicans, they were the ones to start pushing the very first dominoes. They got all these different investigations and committees going. They were the first ones to do it. Paul Ryan is the Speaker of the House in 2016 was the first one to get things going. Tucker Carlson said something really uh, insightful about that that I think more people should be paying attention to. This is clip number 17. Can we go ahead and play clip 17 and listen to hear what Tucker has to say? What just happened was always going to happen. It's been inevitable since February 16th, 2016. That's the day Donald Trump made a blood enemy of the largest and most powerful organization in human history, which would be the federal government. Despite what you may remember, it wasn't anything that Trump had said about immigration or trade with China or rapists from Mexico. Those are the stories that dominated the headlines that year. Trump's a racist, they screamed, stop him. But inside Washington, that was just noise. None of it really rated. Identity politics doesn't mean much to permanent Washington. What matters then and now is foreign policy, the invasions and occupations and proxy wars, the decisions that determine which global populations will thrive and which will die, the policies that come with trillion dollar price tags, the ones that over time have made the counties around DC the richest suburbs in the world. So what Tucker's alluding to there is we have the most powerful government, arguably 
in the history of the world, relatively speaking, right? I mean, there's been yeah. powerful governments in the past. And he's talking about, and, and this is true. I mean, we have we have invaded and we have disrupted the governments of nations around the world to meet our interest. We know this is the case. Yeah. Um, so you have Republicans and Democrats who are always behind the scenes working on this. A really good movie, Charlie Wilson's War, Tom Hanks. Have you ever seen that movie? Charlie Wilson's War. A long time ago. So, I vaguely remember it. Charlie Wilson, congressman. I, I would want to say, I can't remember when he was in, but anyway, the movie is Tom Hanks playing congressman Charlie Wilson. He finds out that the Russians are fighting the Afghanis in Afghanistan, but we want to help push back. And so he orchestrates all on his own, just a single congressman. He goes to bat trying to make sure monies are being are being uh uh, appropriated and spent on these different other things going on in this war over here to try to engineer a particular outcome. So it's called Charlie Wilson's War. It's a good movie. People ought to watch it. Now, when you watch it, Charlie Wilson, Congressman Charlie Wilson's kind of the hero. You know, he's being able to do all this stuff for a greater good, and he may even makes a trip over to Afghanistan, and he's walking around looking at all these uh, people living in these little refugee camps. But now take that and blow that up. Blow up that whole story on a much larger, more nefarious, even sinister scale where we have people and operatives going into countries and creating wars or starting a war because we need disruption so that way we can get something done that we've been trying to get done. In the meantime, lots of people get killed. And I, and I know there's, there might be people out there saying, you sound like a lefty, Paul. You sound like one of these crazies that hates America that, listen, folks, America is a great country, but that doesn't mean we come without our own sins and yeah. our own faults. Yep. Okay. So we have to acknowledge, and once you're willing to understand that these types of things have happened in the past, that will open up your mind and you will be much more sensitive to the truth when it's presented to you. Here's a couple things. We want to talk a little bit about this. So anyway, Donald Trump gives this speech, and he wasn't just going after all that stuff, but he was going after the people on both sides of the aisle that helped make that happen. Believe it or not, there's Republicans and Democrats. And whether or not they support the Second Amendment, that's all kind of campaign fodder. That's what that is. All the money happens gets traded around deep inside these meetings in Washington, yeah. D.C. There are budgets that we're not even allowed to look at, and congressmen are asked and required to write checks for things that they don't even know what the money's being used for because it's highly classified. Yeah, when I when I heard this uh, part of Tucker's uh, conversation he was having in one of his recent episodes on Twitter, he played a clip of Donald Trump calling out the Bushes and saying, you knew there were no ma weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, but yet you put people in there. And then Tucker goes on to talk about how wars make money for both sides, the uniparty. Mm -hmm. And that's why he made a lot of enemies when he said what he said in that, in that debate against uh, um, Bush, against uh, Jeb Bush. There's a really good book people ought to read. It's called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Have you ever heard of this book? Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. G. Edward Griffin, maybe I'm trying to remember the, the author's name, but it's called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Here's an interesting story, and we're going to get into uh, just a couple of these theories here in a second, but i got to explain because it gives, it gives a little bit of foundational yeah. evidence for why this kind of stuff happens. The U.S. has always been against having a federal bank. Now we have the Federal Reserve. It's a private bank, but it's owned, operated, not owned, but it's operated and regulated by the federal government. We have the Federal Reserve, right? And, and 
Americans have always been against it. The Speaker of the House that was in charge whenever we finally got the Federal Reserve passed into law, he had always been against it too. But he was his name was Champ Clark, and he was a congressman from Missouri. And he was the Speaker of the House when the Federal Reserve Act was passed. He'd always been against it before. But eventually, the powers became a little bit too strong for him, and so he said, you know what, I'll go ahead and pass the Federal Reserve Act if you can promise me that we'll have two Federal Reserve offices, two Federal Reserve banks in Missouri. Missouri is the only state in America. There's only a handful of Federal Reserve banks, and there's two of them in Missouri. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Wow. One's in Kansas City. One of them is just down the street from us here in St. Louis. Yeah. Champ Clark made that happen, but people were always against it. In the Creature from Jekyll Island, you will read in the history about how on Jekyll Island, which is just off the East Coast in the South, a, a private train carried a bunch of wealthy businessmen out there, and they came up and they structured how the Federal Reserve System was going to work, and it's going to make people really rich. But these same people also funded both sides of the Bolshevik Revolution when the communists took over from Russia in the mid-19-teens. They funded... Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They financed both sides of the war because they were trying. It's kind of like, I I don't want to get all wonky here, but when you make an investment, sometimes you will hedge or protect your investment by making a a contrary investment. Just in case things don't go your way, you can kind of hedge your bets, right? Correct. So you have people that actually will finance both sides of the war. So that way, no matter what, they can ensure their profitability and they can actually manipulate who's getting the most money in order to make sure they get the best deal from the from their opposition or from their enemy sort of like uh, lobbyists do today they'll they'll uh, or people individual investors will give money to both sides democrats and republicans to so, kind of hedge their bets so they can always so they can always have the ear of whoever's elected right yep this kind of stuff happens all the time here's a uh, conspiracy number 1 right jfk assassination famous been talked to about at length People say it was the mafia. A lot of people, though, would say it was people in the government. Did you know, Ken, that uh, JFK was actually looking at um, having currency backed by silver? We already had some. We had silver notes. He was actually wanting to move us back in the direction of a currency backed by silver. You know who that would hurt the most? Who? The Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve would stand to be far less powerful if they had to moderate their monetary policy in accordance with the market value of a commodity such as silver. So it just kind of disrupts their ability to have total control over the value of the money. Now, Vic Porcelli on the Vic Porcelli show, he actually is a big believer and he feels like the government has some involvement, at least a little bit of involvement of this uh, assassinations of, of, of Kennedy and his brother. Yeah. I, you know what? I believe that there that there is something to it. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I don't know how in the world we can suddenly turn over stones for any other murder case and we can solve cold case files, but the one most high profile murder in the history of our country and we just, nobody just has nobody knows anything. Nobody knows can nobody can figure it out. Well, Paul, I've always I've never thought that until the last maybe 6 7 years. And then I've come to the realization that, you know what, this government has been going doing things, nefarious things behind the scenes for a mm-hmm. long time. Seth Rich, does that name ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Seth Rich was a Democratic National Committee staffer who was shot and killed in his Washington, D.C. apartment in 2016. 
According to WikiLeaks, Seth Rich was the source of the leaked DNC emails during the 2016 U.S. presidential election that uh, showed us that it was rigged, essentially for Hillary Clinton against Bernie Sanders and others. And so wow. according to WikiLeaks, they say they have the emails. It was, and, and the story is, is that it was provided to them by this DNC staffer named Seth Rich. Uh, his apartment was broken into. They didn't take anything out of the apartment. They just killed him and left. Do you have more of these? I got more. Yeah. my Oh, here's one. Here's one. Um, Vince Foster. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, no, yes. Vince Foster was a White House aide during the Clinton administration who died by suicide in 1993. Um, he served as the White House deputy counsel during the early days of Bill Clinton's presidency. And the... People say that the way he died is highly suspicious because he shot himself, but apparently the gun was found too far away from his body for him to have actually killed himself. If you shoot yourself in the head and you die with a shotgun, you fall, the gun falls. If that gun were somehow to land 10, 15 feet or in another room, it's highly unlikely that gun was used. It's it's highly unlikely that you're the one that shot yourself with that gun. Foster's death was uh, the one death that brought in the word suicided. Being suicided became a popular term. I can't remember the book, but somebody wrote a book about all the people that have been murdered that the Clintons have known, and they made a really good point. They said, how many people know even one person that's been murdered? Think about it. How many people even know one person who's been murdered? Yeah, I don't. The Clintons know dozens. I thought there was a number of 56. That, that number, for some reason, I read that. that I, don't sounds, know I don't know if it's true, but I'm just saying. It could be. It could be because. The, the sum total of people around them, even the suspected ones. So, so House of Cards on Netflix is a very dark, very, very dark television show. But it's all about this congressman who is manipulating his way into the White House. And he has to set people up to do it. And the show is called House of Cards because the idea is. You know, he's building such a delicate structure to get himself to the top. If one thing goes wrong, then it all goes wrong and it all comes crashing down. And I've had people ask me before, is that what it's really like? And I'm going to tell you all, I'm going to give you uh, my the way I feel about this. Yes, that's exactly how, how it is. Now, people will tell you that that's how it is because they know that that's how it is. And the people who tell you, no, 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 it's not really like that. Well, that's because they're on the other side. They're part of the group that's always being used and kept in the dark. But there is absolutely people who plot and scheme in order to set people up just to have them fall. Just so that way they can become the casualty. Just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, the U.S. government will disrupt and create chaos. So that gives us an in. As long as we can create some chaos, it gives us a place where we can step into a position where we need to be. The same thing, exact same thing happens in politics. And so I'm not saying that it's ever, ha- I'm not saying that House of Cards is a documentary, right? But what I am saying is you absolutely have people in office who will plot, scheme, and steal, and probably even kill if given the opportunity, if it means more power and more money. Man, I wish I could go over all these others. I know. There's so many more. There's so many more here. Maybe Can we'll you get save to another for next week? Maybe for next week we'll hit another one. All right. All right. Hey, it's been a great show. Good to be with you today, Ken. It was great to be with you, Paul. And we will be back next Saturday from noon to one, right here, 1019-941, News Talk STL. Follow Paul on social media at Paul Kirkman.
You're listening to The Paul Kurtman Show on News Talk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com.